millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm the better half of your presenting Joe. I am Stu Whiffin, sitting next to me today after having a big old slurp of his coffee. Christopher Willie Yum Yum Glasson, hello. I'm, I'm the better one. What are you going on about? What are you yapping on about? I would like to <laughs> comment on the photo of you at Margate Pride. <laughs> uh, that, what, what one? That your girlfriend put up. Um... I mean, it looked like a spectacular day. Um, tell me what teenager you robbed for his outfit. <laughs> I needed to fit in. I felt like I didn't have anything pride shoot suitable. It looked so like I went for a full one ones like 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 patterned up combination that you'd get in like ASOS or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I see that, and I was like, and you had the white socks pulled I had up. The as white well. socks pulled up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. there's one photo. It looks like just a fan with a girl band because it was just me and like five <laughs> lesbians and this weird hairy straight dude. And it's like, oh well, we all know why you've come to Pride. <laughs> just to be creepy on everyone. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a great. It, you know, it, it, I mean, like, he's dressed as a teenager, <laughs> just like lurking around. <laughs> Looks fucking well sinister. Yeah, you know, I mean that's really exactly what it was as well. So it was brilliant. Well, look, before we introduce today's guest and get on with the show, mm. um, we should just say some thanks to oh. our, our sponsors. Yeah, who uh, do you want to give a back massage to first? Summer Academy. Go on in, go on. Uh, so Simon at Summer Academy has been sponsoring us for a while now. Um, he's a super-duper gent, and he also has uh, a karate academy. So if you are looking for... For some, you know, for something to do, for something that's going to make you feel better physically and and just as importantly mentally, then I can't tell you enough about the benefits of martial arts. I mean, I, I, physically, I can't tell you about the benefits because uh, I'm a wreck. But um, I can definitely tell you that if you if martial arts is something you want to get involved with, you will meet a wonderful gang of people, and it will change your outlook on life. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing, and I'm saying that in the company of a black belt. Uh, that retracted that last week, which I thought was quite interesting, uh, on the understanding that it was only a matter of time before you and Renshi Simon, uh, our sponsor, are mm. going to get it on. I've Not never said I'm a black way. belt. I've never said I'm a six champion. It's fucking ridiculous. Right, so um, if you want to get involved and, uh, and you want to learn that uh, and get involved <laughs> in uh, karate, essentially, um, there's all sorts of other martial arts training uh, and self-defense stuff that, that, that Sai does. Where do they need to go? Sama, S-A-M-A hyphen academy.co.uk. Okay. Who are you going to pull off next? I'm going to pull Charles off, actually, if that's all right. Go for it. I haven't pulled him off in yonks. Charles, let's get together. Love beer, love hyphen beer.co.uk. Charles uh, is a purveyor and an expert of really the sort of beer market uh, and like uh, independent brewers in the UK, but not that that is what he always distributes to people. Uh, Love Beer's main sort of like business at the moment is setting up bars. So if you want a bar in your back garden, maybe you've got a garage, then Charles will come and do it. He can do it in a variety of styles. He's not like a just a one sort of aesthetic pony. If you want it like high finish, then he can do that. If you want it a bit more rustic, like, you know, the, the styling that he did in the, the whiffing mm-hmm. with the, the crate 
crate style beer pallets. pumps, the pallets. Yeah, I mean he can he can do it all. Um, so yeah, if you want that, and more and more people are getting those sort of things these days. Absolutely, don't go down the pub. It's overrated. People are shit. Like have your own bar in your mm. own garden. You can dominate the music. Oh, you're going to search on this and carried out several surveys, and we can confirm it's the worst podcast that's ever been recorded. Um, he's an actual idiot. Um, the notorious FAT isn't much better. Um, and yeah, I mean, don't don't go and listen to it. Um, you'd be really wasting your time because you're not going to get anything from it. To, I heard a clip of this week's episode, uh, and it was they were talking about if you could have a robot at home. He wanted a droid. He said that because they're always so nice to you. I reckon if you pissed in your droid's face, it <coughs> would still be nice to you. Mm, yeah. That's the level of drivel you're yeah. going to get on that podcast. Because he, he didn't get the reaction he wanted when he uh, did that to Lady P, did he? First no. thing in the morning. So no. No. Um, yeah, this is the guy that reckoned he was always an alpha male. He reckoned he grew <laughs> pubes before he grew fingers. <laughs> in the womb? That's incredible. <laughs> That's the Big Papa J podcast. Um, it's, it's actually called the Say What podcast Say what? Um, with Big Papa J and the Taurus mm. FAT. Uh, go check it out, obviously. I mean, you, you, you all know Big Papa Jay. He's sport enough of our podcast by now. And uh, and there's also a, a bundle of podcasts that he's done with <coughs> us and with Pip that mm-hmm. I've never seen the light of day because he talks utter shit and spoils everything. He, spoils, he, he, he doesn't know how to, when to stop. And also, uh, but you do want to hear the theme tune and say what podcast. It's, it's, really it's incredible. Good. So, yeah. yeah, go and check that out. Yes, uh, shout out to 76 for doing that. Oh. Uh, very, very uh, good. Okay. Let's get on with today's episode. Let's crack on. Um, Jay Lugrove, how are you, mate? Very well, gents. Very well indeed. Sitting here wetting myself, <laughs> thinking about how you, you've got the uh, the pleasure of another Jay ruining another <laughs> of your podcast today. So that's good times. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, well, Jay, before we get on with um, your top five today, tell us a little bit about, well, obviously, how we got to, to meet each other and essentially because of what you do. So tell us about what you do. I started a, um, a, a wee podcast probably eight or nine years ago uh, called How to Write a Tune. Essentially, uh, me and my business partner now, uh, best mates, and we've been in bands since we were 17 or something like that. Uh, ska punk, so as you can assume, you know, really popular because people love ska punk. Um, we got to a point where both working silly jobs all the time didn't get to see each other and everyone in the band had uh you know things going on so we started this podcast basically to see each other and hang out but the idea was is to have that conversation that you kind of had in the i say green room like we played places with green rooms but during sound check you'd be talking to the other musicians and like how'd you write that man you'd have these exactly the toilet yeah (laughs) Where, where everyone's putting on their black eyeliner um so You'd have conversations there about how, how music's written and, you know, good, good chats. And it'd be really interesting. I'd also have the same question asked for me by the piss bloke at the end of the gig. <laughs> Mate, how'd you write that? <laughs> and I never thought that, like, the audience got to have, got to kind of see that conversation, which, you know, musicians talk about and get involved. So we had people on from all different walks of any kind of music. Um, it was a real good run. From battle rap to folk music, punk, heavy metal, like you name it, famous buskers, didn't care. I just wanted to know how people wrote and what the process they came up against. Off the back of that show, we uh, were nominated for a podcast award because that was very easy seven years ago. Uh, We didn't win because it's a fix, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Popularity contest, you know what I mean? But I was kind of sat sat at that award ceremony. This is, like I say, about about eight, eight years ago now. Um, and we're all wearing dicky bow ties and tuxes. And it was just like, oh, this podcast thing that we do in a shed. It's a real thing. This yeah. like this is a real thing. Huh. And there's like, you know, 300 people in a room and everyone's cheering and stuff about different shows. So from that day, essentially what we started doing, Tony's the brains of the operation. I'm the mouth as it's uh, affectionately known. Um, but we've helped podcasters to create shows. It's especially seven or eight years ago. There was quite a, um, a technical knowledge gap yes. between just being able to make it happen. Like I can get a microphone and I can talk at it and we can have a conversation. That's sort of where my technical mm. expertise ended. And seven or eight years ago, it wasn't quite as easy as just getting a podcast hosting platform. Pow! 
wow and it was everywhere right so what we did then was we bridged that gap for a lot of people and kind of made the uh the price to play a little bit easier so people who may may not have been able to podcast or businesses that couldn't uh, have a podcast we made it easy for them and over the last seven years that sprawled into a uh far too uh overindulgent um uh, marketing agency and we now create podcasts and video and design for people and businesses all over the world which is i gotta admit been it's just the, the most fun of my life like we've created podcasts with pastors uh like wow. crazy american pastors who are like talking to their congregation <laughs> like okay cool <laughs> or agriculture dentist podcasts oh we had a good dentist podcast never knew I've that i've been looking be a for a good dentist podcast to be honest with you well you talk to me after the show <laughs> <Just my you. laughs> <laughs> so uh you know that led me on to then i started my own show called the jaily show because i'm a terrible egomaniac um and essentially the idea was is to release a bit of content every day which very quickly became uh, untenable so uh, the jaily show now is a podcast i run um and lovely Stu was good enough to come along and we talked uh absolute drivel for an hour one of the best shows i've had in a long time and uh, good enough to invite me over here to talk about my top five absolutely uh, you, you spoke a high level of drivel so we knew you'd be uh good company on this mm -hmm. podcast um jay what's your top five today so my top five today is inspired by my business partner who just got back from boomtown right <laughs> so my top five is top five festival experiences lovely. Nice. nice lovely lovely <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm guessing you two have uh, 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 been to a festival or two. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I love them. I don't go to them as much these days, Jay, <clears throat> which, is, which is quite sad. But yeah, absolutely. Some of the best times of my life absolutely have been at festivals. I think they just give you a complete, a much wider uh, perspective, I think, on life and experiences once you go there, uh, especially if you do the camping thing and yeah. just see all the just mad 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 public just going mad crazy for all the music yeah just the, the togetherness and stuff like that you know sean you, you've uh you cried at coldplay once didn't you no 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 you cried at adele no i cried at both all <laughs> oh, right so, uh, <laughs> catch 22 there Stu. gotcha uh, <laughs> roasted the life out of you on that one like uh, oh do you know what i think i've been emotional at a coldplay gig Mm. I think I have. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going. I'm not. Yeah, gonna but pretend. your emotions were anger. <laughs> no, no, I ain't got an issue with the first couple of Coldplay albums. I really yeah, haven't. Yeah, yeah. Me neither. Um, no, they're great. Well, sort of. I mean, before we we, we get onto it, has any of ever used to watch the Woodstock '99? Just what, recently. The new one, That's the, uh, just just recently. Train wreck. Wow. Yeah. It's wow. insane, right? It's insane. But, and the thing I was watching it the whole time was that was my scene, not the burn things down and, uh, you know, assault each other, but all of the music, yeah. every single, single one of those bands, like I was deep into corn, Bizkit, like everyone who was playing then I was just like that. And watching the whole thing, I was like, yeah, this is, you know, that lineup, that's not a peace and love lineup, no. man. That is, that is a break stuff. Kick yeah, ass and, and take names. Oh, it's so <laughs> like, true, Jay. Like, I was worried. Like I, I'm just relieved because that was that was kind of our scene as well. Um, you loved it as well. Uh, it, it was more my scene. Stu was a bit past that, past it. Um, but I, Jake, here's a question to you. Do you like like honestly? Would you have been one of those people standing at the top of like a burning pile of like? Because like, I just worry. I just worry that I like. I'm just glad I never went because I'm not saying I definitely would, but um, I think there's a strong chance that I, I think it's a heavy chance. One of the best parts of that documentary for me after seeing all this horrendousness mm. happen was at the very end. These people who have been kind of interviewed for the whole time were asked, uh, how was it? Mm. All of them were like, yeah, best time I ever had. <laughs> right. You know, 20 years ago is the most incredible mm. experience I ever had. And I'm pretty sure that a teenage Jay with his big old jeans yeah. on, five to seven chains, yeah. you know, maybe maybe a cheeky bit of uh, 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 nail polish. I think he would have got swept up in mob mentality and would have been exactly. there and mob, out a piece of thing. Absolutely, dude. Like that mob mentality and, um, and then break stuff, which was ultimately... I've been into so many mosh pits where, like... I remember in South End, me and Pippard showed up at this club and they played break stuff straight away. And within, like, a couple of minutes, I'd think I'd fractured a rib. And like broken a finger, like not completely broken a finger, but it was quite in a mangled. 
And uh, yeah, and I just, yeah, I think I could have easily been one of those people. I'm not proud of it. I obviously would be, sh- no, I'd be so know. absolutely ashamed of it now. But uh, what would you, you, would have, you wouldn't have done. You'd have been trying to calm everyone down, wouldn't you? And I, I think by that point, like if, I was, if I was in America uh, at the time of New Metal, yeah. which is a scene that I'm not a fan of. Uh, and, so cool. And that, that documentary hammers home <laughs> the level of douche in America that was <laughs> into that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, whoa, yeah. fuck yeah. It was just yeah. like absolute yeah, yeah. fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that cunt, yeah. Durst, walks <laughs> on stage and just makes it so much worse. Like, yeah. you know, do you know what's really tragic? The voice of reason is Bush. <laughs> <laughs> you know how bad shit's got when you're looking for answers from Gavin Rosdale. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, holy shit, that's in a bad place. And you've got Kid Rock and just like... Mm. Oh. BMX was at that uh, was Woodstock 99, wasn't he? He was like, uh, I think he must have been earlier on in the day, but he did quite a good gig. He was like triple platinum selling. He released like loads of wicked albums at that point. So having DMX yeah. during the day... Yeah, he'll, like, he'll calm it down because he's not aggressive. No, exactly. He's not been... <laughs> My name is Kid! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, by then I think I would have become uh, a police officer. And uh, do you know what? You'd it, have been... Eat, I'd have arranged a mob and we'd have eaten you and I'd have been I wearing had, your rib cage as a hat. If I had one rubber bullet left, I would take <laughs> you out off the top of that fucking burning coach. <laughs> Right in the fucking nuts <laughs> with a rubber oh. bullet. <laughs> We've derailed this straight into yeah, Woodstock. Sorry, Jay. What's your number five, Jay? So five, I'm going to start early. Um, five would be Glastonbury. And oh, a couple amazing. of these on, on, on this list for me is Glastonbury. And one of the reasons for that is, is two types of festival in the UK, in my mind. There's the ones where you go in, you camp, and there's music all in one place. And then there's the other ones which feel like day festivals, even though they happen for three or four days, like Reading and Leeds, where you camp on the outside and every day you're kind of getting access to the to the venue. Glastonbury for me is just a village which kicks up uh, for like five, six, seven days. And for three of those days is mental. So um, for my, my, my number five uh, festival experience is being about three or four years old. And my wonderful mother <laughs> takes me to Glastonbury. Um, I was the only kid because she had a kid well young, so it was just her and her mates. They're 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 like late twenties, um, <laughs> and I had such a good time. Like I still remember it now. It was just this this colourful circus uh, that kicked off everywhere. There was you know what well, I, I learned later to be hippies, but there was just these really nice people, mm. and they had like fire poi and sticks spinning around. <sighs> but I remember coming out. And I think this is where my hatred of U2 may have started. Um, but I think U2 were playing. And apparently I came out. Like, everyone was sat around the campfire late at night. Apparently I came out my wee tent and said, like, Mom, tell them to turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I remember it just being like such an incredible experience. To, as you were saying, Chris, like to all of the craziest people in the world have gone into one place and dialed up the crazy to 11. And that's what it's meant to be yes but all that but back then as well it was such a different festival like i remember seeing the change in the festival when as soon as you had an orange refueling tent Mm. in like the late 90s 2000s and the whole place changed because you used to have festival friends right you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to find your friends so you camped and you were like hey do you mind if i turn my tent around and hang out with you guys and then those those were like your total buds for three or four days um, and that's what I just remember about it. Just this amazing community. It just set me up for a lifetime of being like, festivals are a really safe, wonderful place to be. <laughs> so when was that? So it's got to be somewhere in the region of like 91. Oh, wow. Uh, no, no, I'm wrong. 98, 89, somewhere around there. Wow. wow. Nice. That's so cool. You, you Like... I didn't. I didn't do the music scene till like quite late. I don't think I went to my first gig till I was like sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. So you were already like actually had been to the coolest place on earth, which was which was Glastonbury. <laughs> Big props. I know, right? What was that first gig? <laughs> it's a it's a high bar to start. Yeah, with. it is. Um, my first gig was. I honestly think it was Bloodhound Gang. And mm. It was. It was good. And I met Ginny Popper Lee actually that day with Scroobius Pip. 
But he he talked to him. I was just like, wow, starstruck. <laughs> I couldn't say anything. <laughs> Oh, wonderful, wonderful. What's in at number four, Jay? Number four is I'm going I'm I'm going back to Glasgow, mm-hmm. but I'm significantly older at this point. So um at the age of about twelve, my uh mother moved to the middle of Wales. Some people called it a valley. I'm pretty sure it was a ditch. Uh, we didn't get any t- TV signal, nothing. So all of a sudden, I moved from like the middle of uh, Greenwich in London, in the um, and then now I'm living that in the middle. Such of, a change uh, of camp. life, man. Yeah, deep. It was really different. Like the nearest town was 11 and a half miles away, and like I say, we lived in the bottom of this valley. So every month we would get care packages sent by all mum's friends, which would just be VHS Incredible. of all of the TV. All the Star Trek from BBC Two, all the Simpsons and stuff. And that was, you know, that was our lifeline. So this weird little, like, uh, uh, a sudden island of, of solitude. Wow. Had, you, had your mum murdered um, someone, Jay? <laughs> I mean, why, why <laughs> she has been on the run since the mid-90s, yeah. <laughs> and no one will like that more than more egg, <laughs> more egg for you. Um, so uh, a friend of mine was the son of... Um, someone who, who run a circus called the panic circus who are actually going to Glastonbury. And I'd heard that and I'd got the taste of it. So in Wales, back when I was 12, hitching was like a totally normal thing. Mm. You stick your thumb out and, you know, like I said, it's 11 miles to the nearest town. So you'd, you'd, you'd stick your thumb out and go. I'm quite headstrong and was back then as well. So I didn't tell my mum, uh, <laughs> but I packed a tent uh, and a sleeping bag and bits and pieces. And I hitched, uh, to Glastonbury from Wales wow. and left a little note. And I was about, yes, I was 12 years old. Left a little note on the side saying, mum gone to Glastonbury. So she <laughs> needs to still know. got. Oh, she's pissed. She's got it still. It's gone yellow and stuff. Like she was, she was an unhappy lady, obviously. But I remember first day. So I've traveled from the morning. I've hitched and I've hitched and I've hitched. I've probably got to like the English border, <laughs> which is quite a yeah, distance yeah, from yeah. Powys, Wales. About two and a half hours. Worth Good effort. Yeah. Not bad, right? For a 12-year-old, just don't, don't do things to me. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you stuck your thumb out and uh, someone stuck their finger in on the, on the way. But, you know, it's cheap, cheap We're ride. A thumb out car here, okay? Thumb out. <laughs> uh, but I remember the sun starting to go down on a motorway. Thumb had been out for about 20 minutes, half hour. No one was picking up. And I was starting to get very, very scared and suddenly realized I was a 12-year-old who was going to have to camp <laughs> on, you know, the uh, the verge next to, like, the M whatever. This is like a rustic um, home alone. <laughs> <laughs> Outside alone. Home alone too in New York. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I can still see it now. That as I was looking and, and as the sun was setting and just over the, over the crest of a hill, I saw five vans in a row coming along. And as they pulled up, they had Panic Circus written on them. And I was just like, nah. And I had only been in Wales for six or seven months. I didn't know all the kids and stuff. And I was like, I'm sure Geraint, because people are called that in Wales, um, are called Gez. I'm sure Gez said something about Panic Circus and stuff. And they literally pulled up to where I was stood, having half a little cry. Oh. And the door opened. I was 12, you know. Yeah. I'm on my own. I've made a massive mistake, Chris. I've been pulling my eyes out. <laughs> oh yeah, I was petrified. All of a sudden, the sun's going down. I was like, "This is terrible." I thought I'd be in Glastonbury. I thought it was going to hitch, and I'd be in Glastonbury like two-ish. You know what I mean? Um, so, but I remember seeing over the crest of the hill these these four or five vans come up. My door opened, and there was uh, Geraint oh. and his hippie dad, and two other two other great you know before people had beards. You know what I mean? Big old bearded people. It was like, "Jay, where are you going?" I'm like, "Glastonbury," <laughs> and they're like, oh, "So are we? Come in." Bam, I'm in Glastonbury that night. We got to stay in the performer's uh, tent because they were performing in the kids' field. So I had this incredible, like, great toilets and shower, and there was food, wow. which was amazing. And I ran around like a dickhead and got my, got uh, basically got exposure, which is like, <laughs> close to hypothermia, <laughs> and managed to like then stay with one of these guys in a, a van which had a stove in it. And it was just like, again, this ridiculous community, which I just kind of stumbled across. But the amazing thing was on the first day, do you remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Oh, I'm right? familiar. I had a uh, club, but it was just, uh, just me, me and my familiar. mate was the only ones in this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle club. And we split up all the characters <laughs> between each other. I was, yeah. about, nice. I was about 35 when they come out. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> God, 
Julian good for it. Um, Stu's in the club. <laughs> so I was always a huge fan of Donatello yeah. and his stick twiddling. Mm -hmm. That oh, was always that. my thing. So uh, they said to me on the first day. Sorry, like, did you, you have that it? prop queued up <laughs> for right, that line? <laughs> That's right, guys. I, I hold a drumstick just in case. <laughs> or my thinking stick is known in the office. Um, so they said to me on the first day, I was like, can you do anything? Can you walk on stilts? Like, no. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Of course, uh, maybe. Uh, no. Uh, and they were like, okay, can you do like, you know, poi, spin the things? And I, how about a stick? And I was like, I can spin the stick. And they're like, really? And I was like, yeah, spinning the stick round. So the first day that we'd been there, they were like, cool, you can actually do that. We'll do fire stick at the end of the day. And I was like, okay. So God bless the uh, <laughs> the mid 90s health and safety from this from this circus owners. So they just gave me a fire stick. I'm 12 years old, giving it the whole. Oh, that's incredible. Nights kind of, you know, uh, working for my supper. Um, and yeah, brilliant. Basically joined the circus uh, the second time. Joe, that's absolutely insane. That's incredible. Also, the fact that when you got home, you know, your mum was surprised to see you, but you had no eyebrows or eyelashes <laughs> <laughs> on one side. <laughs> Half your face had been melted. We got a thing as well. I couldn't call her. There's no phones. Yeah. She just had was, to wait was it no out. Who yeah. I wonder who I just... picked him up at the side of the road. Was it? Jez, or was it someone else where he's, his day nearly went from <laughs> bad to worse? But because yeah. it's been three days and I still yeah. haven't heard from him. Like. That's, that is one hell of a story. It, it puts all my Glastonbury stories to shame now. Yeah, that's the, the that's the the most wildest Glastonbury story I think I've ever heard. I've run out of toilet roll. From a twelve year old. Yeah, yeah, for, <laughs> it, yeah. how old was you? Twelve. Wow. Okay, that triples it. Is this something that? you and your psychiatrist has concocted to cover up the fact that you just got put in a van and bugged for three days <laughs> and then dropped home. By an entire circus. <laughs> the guy clams hanging out the back. You were just crying your eyes out. <laughs> I when said that I worked for my supper. <laughs> crying your eyes out as five vans pulled up and then the, the door opened and the geezer saw you crying. Started undoing his flies as he said, it ain't your day, is it? <laughs> as they dropped me off. Who did you see? That's right now. Oh, God. That is one hell of a story, That's mate. incredible. So, so something you refer, uh, reminded me of, Jay, I totally forgot about this mindset, but I used to have, between like like, after, like the first uh, festival right through to my late 20s when I'd go, I get like festival fever. So I've got an alter, alternate ego um, person called Craig, what it'll be discovered in later life, that mm. there's this, this version of me that comes out that's somewhat... Not a complete maniac, but he just he's quite hedonistic. Bit of a cunt. And bit of a cunt. And um I think to be completely hedonistic, you've got to be a little bit selfish. I think if you're overly thinking about other people, you might not have as much fun. That's what I like to do, is just see humans as like uh, inanimate objects really for like yeah. four or five days. <laughs> and uh, um but anyway, I get festival crazy and by the time I'm setting up my tent, Jay. I don't know. It's like I've had about 800 packs of Skittles because I'm just like, this is it now. It's like full festival mode. I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to have the best time. I'm going to go and see all the bands I want. Uh, to be fair, I will like, sometimes I sacrifice a band. I'm not one person who just like leave the group and just go. So I'm, I'm somewhat considerate, but I'm normally very high and like just having the <laughs> time of my life. Mm. Do you get the mess? Absolutely. I am a rep. <laughs> Do you get festival? Do you ever get festival like? Hysteria, Stu? No, I just get pissed and have a good time. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> I definitely get I get it from the minute I'm packing. Yeah. Because I pull out like the festival jumper, you know, one of those <laughs> yeah. big old netted hoodies with a thing and the, and the double hand pockets at the front. Pull that out and I start picking out pieces of grass from whenever the last festival was. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, hello. It's back in like, you know, try on a pair of trousers and be like, okay, that doesn't fit me. I should go to festivals more often. <laughs> but I've got that like garb, same sort of thing. You stick on the alter ego of that of that guy who's going to be, you know, festival for the weekend. I also tend to go to Glastonbury from Tuesday to Tuesday. Yeah. Oh wow! Like I, I like to 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 make the week yeah. of it, you know what I mean? Because yeah. <laughs> because it's such a different experience, yeah. and it started from going with that circus. Like I knew my local shopkeeper. Like I knew, my, oh, Dave, you know, good to see you, you know, walking around and, and seeing those bits. And then all of a sudden, 
like your little town that you're part of and it's this tiny little community it's really cool just gets assaulted by like <laughs> 600,000 people arrive for three days destroy the place and then they all shoot off and you've got a couple of days to be like Phew, go well Dave and he's like yeah yeah not bad man last three days have been intense but it's all right you know <laughs> oh, inc- head over to Hulu this March where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Incredible. Right. Number three, mate. Let's do it. So number three, um, I'm going to leave Glastonbury for a minute, but God knows I'm going to come back. <laughs> um, so <laughs> number three is going to be um, wonderful Reading. So as I said beforehand, like for me, festivals are two, are two different vibes because it feels like when you're camping and watching you know and the music is all in one place that everyone gets on the same same mm. vibe right the same sort of feel we're all living in this kind of hellhole. <laughs> we're all living in the foxhole and we're all kept up by the music but when you're outside it becomes a lot more tribal mm. like there's little pockets of people's place this is my area this is this is yours and then everyone's piling in to kind of the venue during the day so circa about 2000 2004 um we went to uh, uh yeah like i say reading so reading and lee's festival paired and mm-hmm. it was just the best music that i've seen it was incubus playing oh. but incubus playing like a couple of years after they were famous when they're starting to release wish you were here right so all the kids loved them but i'd loved them for a bit longer and i have a vivid memory of stood in their crowd where we were all head and shoulders above the girls who were, <laughs> you know, five, three, four, five yeah. years younger than us who were watching yeah. it. So the whole crowd is jumping and our mates, we were literally passing beers to yeah, each other. View. Just stood like little little boys <laughs> in the sea of people dancing around being like, this is a great gig, man. Girls like, just the whole losing thing. their minds at Brandon, just like that. Yeah, that exactly. And, you know, he took his bastard. shirt off, they lost it. Yeah, whereas for us, they played from, from, from Science, oh, and we were like, yeah. and then we lost it. That's probably my favourite <laughs> new metal record, that. like I, I just absolutely loved that. That that was my conversion to new metal being my favourite genre, probably, for for a while. Well, and it's basically, it's it's like uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, One Hot Minute, if you infuse some sort of new style into yeah. it. It's so random and so like it's kind of badly recorded as well, which I really yeah. like. There's some there's some awful bits where you're like, ah, I don't know who produced this, but they <laughs> fell asleep for a minute and went, oh, and just turned everything <laughs> up, like you know. But it's it's so raw yeah. and it's um they're one of the bands where I can you know I've got three albums where I love it and then you're like ah, okay, that's it. I just don't listen now. 
Like, no, no, no offense to them, but bands move on, don't they? And that, but for <laughs> me, those like those first few records audience. are just like phew, so good. Yeah, but it was that. It was um, Prodigy, and Prodigy was just the best moment of a festival that I've ever seen because I saw sixty thousand people take pills at the same time. <laughs> So they did, we were stood right at the back and they had uh, like little cinema t uh, screens all through it. So it was really well done because you know how usually by the time you're at the back, you're hearing beats a second and a yeah. half, two seconds later, right? See people go like, and then you, the crowd roars on the way back. In fact, I think they said it in that Woodstock documentary mm. that Corn uh, could see a wave as the sound hit them of people going crazy. Mental. That's mad. So we're right at the back and they got these like... Um, like uh, TV monitors, you know, like you know, little, like little cinema screens, like home cinema screens sat. So there'd be a V of people sat in front of them, sat down, and then everyone else was standing up raving. But they did the opening to Smack My Bitch Up, and they elongated it. Now that whole up. Right, there's uh, other Asian boys ages. now that there, by the way. Thank you very much. I've been practicing that <laughs> since the 90s. <laughs> Since Fat of the Land dropped in 96. <laughs> um, but it went on far too long, right? It's just them all starting and it's just hype, hype, hype. And then as it hit, bam, big bit of lights and silhouetted with 60,000 bottles of water going in the air, right? <laughs> I just literally saw it. Everyone was like, oh, oh, <laughs> wow, right? And just all at the same time. It looked like literally 60,000 people dropped. Maybe they're first, maybe they're fifth. <laughs> Um, all at the same time and I just got to stand back and watch this then kick off half hour later of just everyone giving it all this business so you know the 90s dancing and, and just an, like to see 60,000 people do a shared thing like a shared moment all at the same time have the idea of like no I'm going to do I'm going to drop when it starts <laughs> right <laughs> everyone had that idea and incredible to watch and they nailed it. And it was just the, all the great tunes from Fat of the Land, just one after the other. No mess, no stress. They were like, we've written new songs, but you don't want to hear them. Here's Firestarter. <laughs> like, you know, and the place goes crazy. And, and it was at that perfect little time when that had been out for what, like five, six, seven years, something like that. But it was still just the yeah. shit. Um, and just, yeah, just the music at that festival for me was just incredible. It was also the first time I'd gone to a festival with a big group of friends. So I knew everyone, we were playing Tenacious D, you know, I took guitars, we were playing Tenacious D's tribute on repeat constantly, uh, loads of girls, loads of boys, just brilliant, brilliant environment. Wonderful. Yeah, that, that was a great, that was a great year for Reading, that anywhere from like 96 up to like 2002, 2003, um, yeah, absolutely, I, I saw, um, Mogwai there one year, was that the year Mogwai were there? I don't know, it's, it's around think so. that era. But yeah, Reading was an absolute blast. And and you, you talk about Prodigy, we, we that was our probably our boat. We, we've done a similar top five before. And probably our favourite like festival moment is Prodigy at 97. Uh, that's a V of all of all places, which became this so much even more commercial. By by the two thousands it was getting shitter and shitter. Like the clean <laughs> the cleaner the toilets got at V, the less fun it was. That is absolutely the mark. That is the mark. Um, you know, like it has to look like it's been there for a decade <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 and everyone's got dysentery for those 10 years. Like yeah. If it doesn't look like that, the festival's probably a little bit too commercial for my life. The liking. only highlight, I think we went to V in 2005 and uh, my, one of my best mates, he was like, oh, yeah, the music's shit and the crowd are a bit weird and they get upset when like they get bumped into and there's like more people at the Bacardi Breezer tent. But I have had like eight poos this weekend. <laughs> like, he just kept going. He was like, it's so clean in there. I was like, but like, I remember that very first year, I think it was 97 or 96, and I opened the fucking door to a cubicle and it was the first day. It was the first day and we were quite soon in there and there was already shit wiped up the wall in this cubicle. I was like, what? <laughs> How, how has someone wow. done this already? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm always intrigued when, because Reading's the festival that people like to moan about the most, um, insofar as lineups. And you said, yeah, Reading was great up until mm. 2002, mm. when theoretically you was too old to be going there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, ah. and, and I find it every year, and it really annoys me when people will post up 
the 1991 Reading lineup with Nirvana, or 92, with Nirvana and probably Jane's Addiction and, and all, all mm. of these, these incredible shoegaze bands. And I think Nick Cave was on there and Public Enemy were on oh. there. And it's like, it's an amazing oh. lineup, right? <laughs> but it was 1991, right? And it's like, them people that are going, why are fucking, I don't know, uh, some grime artist or something mm. playing Reading? And it's like, because you're 48. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for you. It's not for you, yeah. mate. Yeah, like, yeah. do you know what? Yeah. Go go to the Shine Weekender and dance to the Seahorses, mate, because enjoy that. Because you don't want people that are in their late 40s and 50s yeah. at Reading. They it's, don't want you there. They don't want you there. <laughs> it's for young <laughs> people to lose their fucking minds and have the experiences mm. that you've just spoke about. Yeah, and well it's, said. Like, mm. it's every year that fucking flyer mm. gets posted and it's like, fuck, you yeah. know, who's seen who's playing at fucking Reading? And I just think, mate, even if all of them bands were playing Reading, you wouldn't go <laughs> because you're old. <laughs> like, stop it. Let young people be young people and have a good time. Fucking hell. It's true, though. I, 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 saw, I saw Bob Dylan, uh, not only when I was wow. a tiny kid, but I saw Bob Dylan one of the... I went to Glastonbury like seven or eight times between the age of 12 and 22, somewhere around there. Um, and I would have been more, but they kept saying it was the last festival ever and t- shutting it down <clears throat> and then kicking it off again. But I saw Bob Dylan and he showed up. He wore all black. Stage was all black. He had a white cane, so I could see that occasionally. Um, and he seemed like he genuinely didn't want to be there. And I'm a fan. Yeah. Like, I'm a fan. Like, I like this. I, I will throw on a Dylan record, regular, chill out to it. I'm a big fan of... <laughs> I'm into it, right? But he just seemed like... Was that Bob Dylan or Bruce Forsyth then? <laughs> it's, it's actually a duet <laughs> album, <mate. laughs> Bobby's bonus, they called it. Um, <laughs> That is a deep cut. Oh, that is mate. a deep cut. Bruce Forsyth joke. But it is, it is, um, it, yeah, it, it, uh, there is nothing worse than going to a gig to see an artist that, because I think, like, bands, I, I was watching a, an interview with, who was watching an interview with yesterday? And they were saying, like, you know, people want, like, bands to absolutely fucking put on the best show they can. And, you know, th- most people are on, on side, unless you're at Reading when Daphne and Celeste were going to go on stage. And, like, <laughs> and in hindsight, you look back at that now, and that's no different from them douches at Woodstock. You just think, nope. mate, that's fucking terrible. Yeah, I mean, I threw a bottle at them. Of course you did. Like, I you know, I'm, again, not that proud of it, but at that time I wasn't really thinking about it. It was Craig, wasn't it? Like humans were flies to me. <laughs> I was at a festival. <laughs> but when you think like thousands of people were throwing mm. like bottles yeah, at yeah. two 16 year old I know, girls. It's, 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 it's atrocious. It like, is. It's it is. fucking mental. Yeah, like, but apart from that, I do think people want the best from the artists when they go and yeah, see them. Absolutely. And, like, and I think it's really fucking weird when you do go and watch a band that you love mm. and they just don't want to fucking do but it. they phone mm. it in. And it's like... Well, that's the thing. When I was watching that Woodstock 99, like, you know, as, as, I, I totally agree with you. Fred Durst came along, he dickhead, and he just, he just you know, he, he made it 50 times worse. But it was his job. Mm. Oh, it's, right, it's, You know, that was the yeah. scene. Yeah. It's, it's and he played a hell of a gig, mm. right? Yeah. And, the, and, and yeah. everyone in that yeah. crowd yeah. was an angry young yeah. man. Like, we didn't, have any, we didn't have emo back then, yeah. right? We didn't know how to cry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we were just angry young men. We didn't know yeah. what was going on, right? It's, it's, <laughs> we, they gave us chains and told us to walk around with so them. so funny. Mosh pits were like, you know, they had circles in it where you would like, all right, I'm going to go and get my leg breaking. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Run in and get just absolutely thrown to pieces. Like corn and biscuit. Yeah, and but that that they that, that was literally their job was to break stuff, and that was the the why they were booked. Unfortunately, I think the problem is with Woodstock is that they they weren't booked for that. Someone just went top twenty, grabbed the top five, bell then that yeah, was right, yeah, and didn't yeah, actually yeah. know that's what they done. That yeah, right yeah. now, the scene was pretty angry. Yeah, they yeah. just chose all of the fucking. Well, it's super aggressive. Yeah, big all selling bands. Yeah. Dmx. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's mad. But it's it's funny, Jay, because you say that. I mean, because the music the music manager put that forward in that documentary, didn't he? Like their manager at the time said, look, they they did what they were. Pu- 
paid to do. And, and I, you know, and, and maybe an art, other artists would have gone a different way and gone, oh, we, we, need to, we need to tone it down. Fred didn't, and, you know... Well, they can't play their acoustics. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they, they... It's just one of those days <laughs> when you don't want to wake up. <laughs> like Richard Cheese. <laughs> and, like, it's funny, because when I saw it, like, I couldn't help but, like, I thought, oh, here we go. This is a car... I'm just about to watch what I know is a car crash. But when you see that, when you see the brake stuff in that in that thing, and you know this is bad... There was still an element of me, element of me, when I was watching it, going, "That's the maddest mosh pit in history," and like, there's a little bit of like, uh, "Yeah, it's, it's not. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying those things can be independent of each other. That you can be impressed of the yeah. frenzy that you you see that people can be pull, pulled into by music and togetherness, and also yeah. the how awful and catastrophic." That can also be, and yeah, it was just mad. Well, it was like for fucking sea. T- t- togetherness in music at festivals shouldn't be that togetherness. But I, yeah, I, no. I can un- I can understand that. Yeah, I, I can. Like people should go home after that kick. That's the problem. Yeah, and, and like there was. Right, you should you should all you should all be like, wow, I'm gonna go get on the train and like, oh wow, ah, like relax. Not all be kept in that frenzy and then be like, cool. Yeah. That's the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're going to play Fire now. Oh, yeah. Because I do have a candle. Brilliant. Mo- mosh Pitch so used to be... <laughs> the weird thing... So bad. Mosh Pitch used to be a, a a positive experience, though. Like So even the roughest Mosh Pits I've ever been in, you get the odd douche in there, and then the rest of the people, yes, they, it looks like a t- catastrophic melee of violence. And to an extent it is, but it's not like... No one's picking someone and then just... Absolutely, come. Me and Pip used to find the person doing that, and then we'd tag team them and cripple them, and <laughs> and that's what we'd do. We'd just point him out, and then we'd plan. We'd literally circle him, and then just both tag team him. But for the for the mm-hmm. main part, it was like it was just this wonderful thing. When someone goes down in a mosh pit, people help them up, and even while you're all at the same time going mental. But I guess what happened there was it, it wasn't contained to the mosh pits, was it? It started becoming, they were destroying the environment. And it was also because <laughs> the environment wasn't, they weren't being looked after in that environment in the first place, was it, according to this yeah. documentary? Like, mm. you know, that like the guy says in the documentary, kerosene, match, yeah. blame. Boom. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> there it goes. Number two. Number two for me is uh, become controversial. Because of the artist. Ooh. No, it's not the artist that cannot na- na- be named uh, from the new metal areas, but close to. Mm. So um, usually when I went to Glasgow, and yes, we're back at Glasgow, um, I would go and I would stay not necessarily like, you know, in front of the pyramid or anywhere near the music. Mm. I'd go and find somewhere near the greenfield or somewhere and then, you know, take the trip each day over 900 acres to the, the, the music I want to watch. But I was with a girlfriend and she told me I was wrong. So we stayed in kind of the uh, the pyramid stage was was there and you can't camp and you've got all the audience and I was one field over and there. So there's 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 a, a, a hedge in the way and a wee opening. I woke up, opened my tent and I can see kind of the back of where the uh, pyramid stage audience would stand, right? There's no camp in there. Looked up. I used to like taking a uh, a, a rope, a smoking rope. <laughs> Um, to there, a little pipe, nice pair of flip flops. Like you know, as as we said earlier, I really, really planned and got excited about my festival fever early on. Right? Maybe, maybe a beret. I don't know. I don't know. Right? Depending on what the day was. <laughs> Definitely a cravat though, because I'm that sort of wanker when I'm at festivals. Um, so woke up, got my stuff on, uh, got my uh, my bubbles, uh, 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 pipe, and I can see a queue, and I was like, well. There's got to be something to eat or something or something at the back end of the uh, the pyramid stage. So strolled over there, walked up to the back, and it wasn't a queue. It was the back of Rolf Harris's crowd at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. And there was, again, it was full. So it's another 60,000 people yeah. doing Jake the Peg. <laughs> And it was brilliant. Yeah. Like it was brilliant. Yeah. It was absolutely great because it was such a feeling of nostalgia for everyone. Because mm. that was Rolf Roos. That was the artist we used to grow up and see on the TV. And did a little, little lamb with my extra. Mm. Like, you know, it was a real sing along thing and a really, really wonderful moment. 11 a.m. Incredible. 11 a.m. and 60,000 people showed up. 
it's the sea that nuns right incredible absolutely amazing and the fact that he even did the painting thing at one point <laughs> did the whole like he did the whole the whole routine everything you wanted from uh from you'd ever seen from rolf he did and people ate it yeah. up and the reason that's probably top two is that that now is not a gig that you can tell people that you <laughs> yeah. went to and, yeah. and and had a wonderful experience <laughs> because it turns out he's not the lovely bloke yeah, we thought he was yeah, yeah. But what a weird experience to sit there. And essentially, it's like watching Art Attack, that bloke from Art Attack being on stage and everyone being like, hey, it's Just you. to clarify, I don't, think, try I don't think you, Trigger, got older Neil Buchanan <laughs> yet. Yeah. I think he's still in the clear. <laughs> His catchphrase, try yourself, any, any albums a <laughs> Do you know what? The, 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 the Rolf thing's like so fucking bleak, man. It's like I, I met Rolf Harris twice. Once in my How band where we all dressed up in our band outfits, which was quite kind of odd because it was like a comedy band. And we've got a photo with Rolf in the middle of us and it was my favourite photo for so long. I bumped into Rolf Harris on Oxford Street. I was wearing my Mac Lads t-shirt, which had the word twat in big letters <laughs> across the chest. And literally I just heard, <laughs> twat. And I was like, who's laughing at my top? And I looked over and it was Rolf Harris. And I was like, oh my God. So I've got a photo of Rolf Harris pointing at me in a top that says the word twat. Uh, on it in the early 90s and <laughs> and it's tainted now obviously <laughs> but Two Little Boys is one of the most heartbreaking yeah, songs yeah, you will great, ever hear uh, and he was a fucking institution I'm not bigging up Rolf Harris I'm just kind of no, giving it neither. some context let's get that very very clear neither of us know that at the time no. he, was, he, he wasn't being advertised as uh, like a singer songwriter artist yeah. nonce like. and everyone was like oh it's <laughs> fucking British he's so good isn't he the nonce <laughs> what a CV <laughs> Like everyone just thought it was the first three, and it's like you know, Dad would be like, "Listen to you sing two little boys." I'd be like, "That's brilliant," and yeah. now like then they go and do that to themselves. It's yeah, it wasn't really to himself. I think it was to others, to others. that, that yeah. got him in a bit yeah, of a pickle. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I make it sound like he's the victim. Like, no, but obviously not. Yeah. I mean, I think we all knew the writing was on the wall with Savile, but like, fuck <laughs> yes, me. Definitely. I mean, every person from my childhood, whether it's it's a knockout, mm. fucking Rolf's Cartoon Club. <laughs> Or Jim will fix it. They're just fucking spoiled. Can, Everything's spoiled. I can always hear my, one of my mates' voices. Not Ralph. I remember how distressed he was with it. He's like, not Ralph. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Anything mate. but Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking. What oh, a shame. Mate. But for years, that was, that, was, that was my number one festival experience because I literally happened upon it. Right. If, if it wasn't for the fact I yes. thought people were queuing for ice cream or yeah. something, yeah. I wouldn't have walked over yeah. there. I could hear some music happening and hear a lot of cheering and stuff, but didn't really know it. But same thing, like two little boys, 60,000 people. Mm. Did you think I would leave you? It was brilliant, right? They're proper sing-alongs and they're like, ingra you know, at the time they're ingrained in our knowledge. Like everyone just mm. knew, knew them instinctively. Um, so that, yeah, for for a long time, that was a great story and like i say unfortunately a wee bit tainted now but oh. uh i i was there man i was there rolf harris <laughs> why couldn't you have just been a nice bloke yeah like you seem to be yeah, yeah. i know i know <laughs> okay uh in at number two uh nonce based, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nonce -based uh, morning morning music <laughs> What's lost, <laughs> lost profits in at number one. <laughs> Hence the band who shall yeah, not be named. Sorry, right? sorry, yeah. <laughs> Dear, I didn't know. Do you know what? Shout, shout out the rest of that band. Yes, absolutely. Shout I'm out sorry, the rest of that I'm band. I'm sorry that you went through. Because you know. fuck me. They should be enjoying their riches now from their mm. fucking royalty checks that are never going to come because that fucker that fucking, fucking spoiled. Yeah. Uh, and that poor band that have had to suffer. A. Being not being allowed to talk about something that they done that was incredible, yeah. 
because of the yeah. fucking work of that Super cunt. Oh well. Anyway, we're getting really bogged down let's, in the nonsense. Yeah, let's get let's away. I, I, t- I took us to a nonsense place. Let's get out the nonsense pit. I didn't, I didn't, right. It's not usually where I want to <laughs> yeah. go. Okay, so number one, yes. right? So number one is definitely Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. And you guys are going to totally be with me on the music in the time. But I believe it was 96. England played, I'm not a football guy, <laughs> somebody. And we won by many goals, which was Incredible. exciting. So I was, and I'd got there, and basically I wanted to um, get to the front because uh, Foo Fighters were playing that night. Amazing. So I'd worked my way, slowly but surely, to the front of the stage through Finley Quay when he had that album out. Yeah. One album. Cracker. And it was the, it, did he? <laughs> oh, Finley. <laughs> um, well, I know why, because he's awful live. So <laughs> it was really? such an upbeat album, right? It was this happy yeah, album. Yeah. The sun is shining, weather is sweet, yeah. Which is all really, really cool. We, 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 and it was a sunny day and we're all like, Perfect. Finley Quay's yeah. next. It's like weed smoke everywhere. We're going to have a great time. I think Finley was having a bad day that day because oh. uh, everything was a minor key. So it's like, sun is shining, weather is sweet. Yeah. We were like, oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> to the point where there was like at least 100 people giving it, cheer up, Finley. <laughs> <laughs> cheer up, Finley. <laughs> <laughs> during songs, during the break of songs. Um, but while I worked myself through the crowd, I saw Finley Quay, which was huge at the time. Uh, then the football was on and we won by a bunch wow. of things. And I've never, never experienced, yeah. you know, that. It wasn't football fans. So it wasn't like that, like where people, I, I, if I go to a football game and everyone cheers, I'm usually like, oh, way! <laughs> <laughs> was that good? Was it? Whereas this was a bunch of music fans watching our, our country win. So it went absolutely crazy. Then the lightning seeds played. Incredible. Which was then amazing because it felt like it was definitely coming home. Oh, shit kicked off. And then finally Foo Fighters. So I've managed to get myself to the rail, right? This is an all-day experience. I have run out of water, filled those bottles and had to leave them behind throughout this day, right? I'm hungry. I'm tired. I've lost my beret. Whole thing's going off. Finally got to the uh, to the fence at the top and they start and it's monkey wrench oh, and it's kicking and it's whammy everywhere. Absolutely amazing. So I'm out the front and I'm giving it, yeah, as a little kid. And the security guard goes, first song, security guard goes, you're right. And I'm like, I'm fucking amazing. And he's like, don't worry, son. And he grabs me and he pulls me out because he thinks I'm getting crushed. And he walks me to the edge and he sits me down outside the crowd. Right, And I'm sat in mud. After six or seven oh, hours of fighting no. my way to the front, the security guard was sure that this little kid was being crushed no. at the front of the thing. The kid over there with a pipe, out. get him out. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he usually wears a beret. Go and um, watch so... at the side of the stage with Rolf. <laughs> and literally, I, I... <laughs> Rolf, Rolf said that one. He's just played the gig of his life at 11 and he's been waiting all day. To... Uh, <laughs> so before I knew it, I was sad. With another boy. Oh, this is a Nazi show. Isn't sorry, it? sorry. Uh, so I was sat with my back to the stage, but they're oh. playing just over on my left and I am on the periphery of the crowd, like where people are kind of milling around. And for three minutes, two minutes beforehand, I was in the centre on the rail about to watch the best gig ever. Um, we just sat there and I literally was in shock. I think I sat there for like two songs being like, what's happening? You okay? Yeah. yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm fucking brilliant. And now I'm here. What? <laughs> how, how has this happened? <laughs> and the only thing that cheered me up was about 10 feet away. Funnily enough, there was another boy. It was a bloke sat who looked so upset and occasionally was having half a little cry to himself. So after I got over the shock, I was like, well, no, screw it. Went and sat down, was like, cigarette. He was like, yeah, thanks, mate. And I was like, what's wrong? He's like, I can't go back to my tent. And I was like, all right. <laughs> okay, why? He's like, well, I met this bloke. I'm like, hello. <laughs> and he said he could sell us some hash. And I was like, okay, cool, good times. He's like, so all, all, everyone, we didn't have, you know, everyone got money together, all, all, all of our last money, and they gave it to me. Went and oh. saw him, gave me this big brick, 
burnt a bit off. Yep, that's hash. Thanks very much. And he was like, and look at it. And it was this great big block of plastic with the tiniest piece of hash pushed onto a corner. (laughs) 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 And he was just sat there in the mud being like, I can't go back. They're going to kill me. Right? I mean, it was like a tinth of hash. Like just, just enough to make the smell if you burnt that exact spot. I mean, that's a and genius rest- stroke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And at a festival where people were like, yeah, yeah okay, thanks very much. Gone. <laughs> and never, never to be seen. And again. never going to see you again mm. as well. And this poor fella. And he was the only thing that cheered me up to be like, yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, no, my problem's not that bad. I, I saw I, I saw some brilliant bands. I watched the football done. The, the Foo Fighters are killing it right now. Like, he slaps okay, on the run. have a drink. Yeah, we ended up going to a bar and sinking a bunch of pints. And I bought him a bunch of, because he had no money, right? <laughs> so a bunch of pints. And when he was nicely licked up, I was like, now go now go and see your friends and show them your nice block of plastic. Oh, <laughs> dear. That's a tough gig, oh, isn't mate. it? Tough that, gig. That must have. That must have. You, right. So I was trying to find a way to slip uh, slip this one in, Jay. But you mentioned Incubus the other day, uh, earlier. Sorry, we went to see him. We'd seen him at uh, uh, festivals and that, but we went to see him in London. I can't tell you where. It was a big deal, and we were so excited to go and see him. And uh, my best mate, he got to the front when they started, and we were doing things like crowd surfing. It was still that era where we loved doing all that shit and. He, um, then I lost him. And we were always like, well, after crowd surfing, come back to this part of the, 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 the audience in the middle facing them back yeah. 10 metres back. Something like that. That was usually how we got back together. All, all uh, gig didn't see him. Got out the front at the, the end of the night. Obviously, he didn't have like, mobile phones really at that point. And there he is waiting outside. I'm like, what happened to you, mate? He's like, well, I got down to the front because I wanted to watch him. So I was at the railing. And then I just threw up all over myself. <laughs> <laughs> He said, I just threw up all over myself. And uh, they dragged me out. They were obviously really annoyed. And I was covered in sick. And I was like, can I have a nap? Can, can anyone help me here? And he said, this geezer gave him one serviette like that, square of serviette. <laughs> and then they, then they evicted him from the building. It's wow. like, oh, can you imagine that? Like he'd heard about two songs before Ralph in everywhere. Oh. Um, I, uh, yeah. uh, my my behaviour at that V97, I was... I was selling like Skittles as calling them yellow bentines because at the time brass had <laughs> happened God. and I was being, I was out of control at that festival. Craig, yeah, this is like, Steve showing uh, out now, isn't it? But my favourite festival story, I must have told you this, was uh, a couple of years later, I think it was when, might have been just before the millennium, it was, I think it was Strokes and Pixies and... Uh, and it was in the afternoon, Mr. Gels was there, uh, and my guitarist, uh, mild-mannered John, who's not mild-mannered, um, is <laughs> a short man uh, with, I'd probably say little man syndrome when his buttons are pushed, uh, and he's really handy as well. Uh, and we, we were all standing there in this crowd, and then all of a sudden you could hear this like sort of kerfuffle, and there was this guy that was, out of control, just like running through the crowd. And he was pulling girls' hair from behind and pulling them over. It was really oh, fucking, it was really fucking bad. And, uh, and he just like, he then, like everyone was sort of watching him and then he's just like run up to Jill, who, who's got a pint in his hand and he's just gone like, give me your fucking pint. Like, and Jill just went, what? And he tried to knock it out of his hand. And like, Jill was like, mate. And he went, like, I'll tell you what, he went, I'll give you my pint and I'll buy you a fucking pint if you knock someone else's pint out there around for my amusement. And he went, ooze. And he went, him. (laughs) (laughs) And pointed at John. (laughs) Who's literally just standing there watching the strokes. And then all of a sudden, this geezer just comes in from the side, smashes his pint out of his hand. John's hand is still there and that empty. He doesn't, su- he doesn't even look. He just says, I hope that's one of my friends and I hope they've got another pint in their hand to put in this hand. And he turns around and this geezer then just thrusts his face in his face and he's just shouting at him, oh my life, John beat the living shit out of this geezer <laughs> in front of a crowd of people and girls that have been pulled over and he'd been a sp- 
fucking winding everyone up. And there was people when he was laying on the floor, just throwing drinks <laughs> over him. He got his comeuppance. It was a proper bully beat, Dan. Cathartic. And a genius stroke from Jill. Not yeah. to have to do it yeah. himself, yeah. but just to go, <laughs> I could probably do that, but I reckon my mate would do a better <laughs> job and it would be way more interesting. <laughs> wow. My old man of John, V99, I think it was. Glorious. <laughs> well, brilliant. I guess that's, that's, uh, that's, that, that's took us up to the hour mark, which is great. Mm-hmm. Jay, it's always yes, a fucking pleasure to, to chat with you, mate. So if people want to keep up to speed with the Jaylee Show and everything else you're doing, where's the best place to keep up to speed with what you are doing? So you can find me, Jay Ludgrove, J-A-Y-L-U-D-G-R-O-V-E. And thankfully, not a name many have, people have. Google that. If we've done half a good job, you'll find us. Uh, the Jaylee Show is where you get your podcasts and YouTube. Or you can search GL Pro UK, which is my company, which says a lot better, smarter, fantastic people releasing far more interesting stuff than this guy can talk about. Because as you've just worked out, I don't know much. But I surround myself by the best. So you can find out uh, tips on editing and creating content and, and such from following us there. Like I say, YouTube or anywhere else, if you search for me, you should find it. Wonderful. Joe, we'll tag you in everything when this yes. comes out, obviously. So Appreciate people it. that haven't found you already can do so. Mate, thanks It's been so much. really fun. Jay, honestly, Great that fun. was absolutely can't believe your your festival stories don't go anywhere we're gonna press stop it's a drunken soiree in the within chris and stew present our core listing the podcast